This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee, adding some more podcasts to the network. Check out BigHeadsMedia.com. You can see all the great podcasts there. More coming in every day, working really hard. Uh, Mike, as you said on Twitter, <laughs> which I thought was funny, One somebody, uh, I, I, I edit one of the podcasts on our network, Body Count Podcast, who actually is the show we're sponsoring today. And she thanked me because they had some snafus with the way they were recording. And she thanked Mike and I both. And Mike responded with, oh, that's all, Mark. I do nothing. <laughs> Which made me laugh. And I was I was thinking, well, you know, you don't edit the podcast with me, but you're definitely a valued member of this podcast, Mike. Yeah, but you do all the, the hard work. I just kind of show up and talk, and then I'm done. Well, yeah, but you've got all the talent, so <laughs> that's, the, that's the difference. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, so news today. I've managed to find some news items. In case you guys haven't figured this out by now, Mike and I, we do the news for you. This is all for you so that you can get some information out of this, so you can get something of value out of this podcast. But I don't think Mike and I, I don't think either one of us really, really gravitate more to most really towards this, uh, this entertainment news not super interesting to me but there are there are some things that probably will interest you guys out there so we'll start with uh, jessica jones season three it's got a premiere date it will be the final the final season of jessica jones mike i know you watched the punisher i think right i watched a couple episodes and i gave up because i didn't think it was very good Jessica Jones is the first one of these Marvel movie or Marvel TV shows that was on Netflix that I watched. And I think it's maybe the best of them. It's pretty good. At least season one is. Season two is not not all that great. But season one is pretty good. And Netflix has been canceling these in mass because of Disney Plus, basically. Disney's already said they're not going to renew their contract with Netflix for their films like Infinity War, Mulan, and, and all those things. And since since Netflix doesn't outright own the Marvel the Marvel TV shows, they share it with Disney, they figured, you know, why keep them on? Because it's just free advertisement for for Disney then at that point. So they've decided to cancel them and focus more on their own shows. But this is being billed as the final season, and it will premiere. Oh, I had it. I don't see where it is now, though. Uh, you should really. You, you, I think you. Oh, June fourteenth. There it is. June fourteenth is the premiere date of Jessica Jones, and after that, it'll be gone, and it's the last one. 
that's still in existence. So it will be the last one to be canceled. And the Marvel, what is it, TV universe or Netflix universe or whatever they call it, will uh, be over. But I think you and Alex would enjoy at least season one of Jessica Jones. I know there's a lot of stuff we watch all the time, but if you guys have a chance to check that out, I think that's something that both of you would probably enjoy. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, you know, I just realized something, because um, I don't have my phone uh, in here with me when I'm recording right now, mm-hmm. uh, but my wife always listens to the podcast, so instead of texting or something to remind her and having to remember it, I can just say it on the podcast right now. That's true. You can, does your wife uh, also listen? Yeah, she does. She listens. See? Pretty, you do the same thing? Yeah. So, uh, Carol, pick up milk. I don't know. I don't have anything to tell her right now. Uh, but, oh, honey, Daria is on Hulu. Remember, Daria is on Hulu now. Oh, that could be a message for me, too. I mean, minus the honey. Oh, oh do you like Daria as well? Well, my, my wife's really into Daria. And yeah, I noticed uh, she seems to have a lot of the same taste that uh, mine does because, like, it was something I, I don't know on Twitter or something I saw. She had put like, I think it was like five TV shows you liked. I'm like, yeah, Alex likes like all those. Yeah, my wife loves your wife. <laughs> she keeps saying that we have to get together. Like, she's always haranguing me for for all of us to get together and do something. But of the friends that we have, I think Alex is the one that she talks about most and how much she loves her and thinks that. Uh, they're so much alike and they'd be really good friends. <laughs> uh, so speaking of good friends, uh, I guess Eggsy and that guy that plays Colin Firth, is that his name? That plays uh, the, yeah. other, the other guy, Harry, in uh, The Kingsman. They, uh, they love each other, I guess. But Matthew Vaughn says that the Kingsman 3's story needs to be told. Quote, needs to be told. Oh, I, I doubt that. I was thinking about this the other day, just how bad the second movie is compared to the first one. It's awful. It's. I mean, it's just, it, it makes the first one less good. It's that bad. Yep, absolutely. Guilt by association. Because the first one, the first one is a, is a, a fun and kind of innovative film. I obviously I'm yeah, sure it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but I mean, it's not like, you know, like a parody of the spy genre. It's just like a more humorous take on it. Yeah. I'm sure you know that uh, it's, you know, it's based on the Secret Service comic book series by uh, Mark Millar and Dave Gibbons. And I guess Matthew Dave Gibbons of uh, Watchmen fame. That's right. And I guess that Matthew Matthew Vaughn feels that the the relationship between Eggsy and Harry has to be finished off in this final chapter and that he's gearing up to shoot later this year or the beginning of next year. I don't know. As you said, the second one was brutally disappointing and I don't know how, I don't know how much call there's going to be for another Kingsman film. I, I got to think that the second one, the second one's, you know, failure will hurt it at the box office. Yeah, it's not like the uh, the Taron Egerton. What is his name? Taron Egerton, something like that. Edgerton. Yeah, it's not like he's uh, going to be busy filming Robin Hood two or anything, so he <laughs> may have time in his schedule to uh, make the third one. Right. Maybe they'll make a Rocket Man part two. Yeah, is there ever has there ever been an incident where the second one was terrible, but the third one just completely redeemed it? I can't think of one. Like any oh. movie, that, like definitely not The Godfather or no. Terminator. No. Alien um, Three, from what I've heard, is garbage. But the second, I've never seen Alien, but Aliens is like a, a perfect movie. 
Yeah, I, I love Alien and Aliens. Alien 3 is terrible. I, I've never seen the third Hangover film. The first Hangover film was pretty funny. The second one is terrible. I've heard people say that the third one is better than the second one, but I don't know that that means it's a low bar. I don't know that that means it's yeah. great. Yeah, Death Wish 4 is just like insane. Like it's just, it just doesn't even it's not even trying to be based in reality. And that in in a lot of ways improves the movie greatly in my opinion. Well, that's that's what I'll have to check out. I've I've seen the original Death Wish. That's yeah, that's a very one. dark movie. There's like a very like disturbing scene of like, you know, sexual violence and that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. That's a that's a tough one. Death Wish 4, a guy steals a purse and he starts riding away on a bicycle and uh Charles Bronson shoots him in the back. <laughs> I love it. Oh, the last bit of news that I have this week is John Hamm talking about the Top Gun Maverick, which is the sequel to Top Gun, the the much clamored for sequel to a thirty three year old film. Yeah, I, t- who was asking for this movie aside from Tom Cruise's accountant? I, that's that's the only people I can think of. Uh, apparently, I mean, the, yeah. the original is not very good. No, no, it's not one of my favorite movies for sure. And it's it's very much a movie of its time. Yes. It's a very it 80s film. But apparently John Hamm's going to be in it. I, I was not aware. Uh, Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise also coming back for the film. And John Hamm says that uh, they're using technology that he's never that's never been seen before on this film. They're shooting the movie in 6K, so it's very high def. And that's a lot of K. Yeah, it is. It's almost special K. The aerial. I like how they're wasting this on Top Gun too. I know. The aerial footage is supposed to be mind blowing, according to John Hamm, anyway. Uh, and he says it's mostly practical, so they're actually in the planes getting thrown around. Uh, I mean, I guess cool. It, I. I don't know. I don't know exactly. You know, you're not going to get a lot of great cockpit shots of of these guys. And even when you do, they've got masks over their face. It's the same thing with the Iron Man thing, where he's in the suit and the shots are just of him, of his face, close up with a like a readout sort of over half of his face. They, you know, Marvel wisely only cuts to that very briefly, but it's not. You know, it's not exciting. So, yeah, I'll get to see planes fly around. I mean, I I could do that in a lot of different places. That's not a huge selling point to me for this movie. Yeah, I just don't want to hear any of the actors involved in this movie uh, talk about the environment in the uh, upcoming future. Because you're flying around jets for hours and hours and just wasting so much, you know, resources as far as uh, fuel and you can go. And it's fucking Top Gun 2. Mm-hmm. No one wants to see this movie. I. Oh, but the sad thing is it'll probably do well at the box office. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it probably is going to do well. But I won't be seeing it. I'm just, yeah. like, like you said, I'm not a big fan of the original anyway. And it's it's so past when when a sequel would even make sense. I don't care. Yeah, there's no one we're going to get into a jet fight with in the near future. Nobody. Right. I mean, there's no country that we're going to be actively at war with. With jets, yeah, we only uh, go from the bombing perspective. Exactly, just pushing buttons. Yeah, if they made a true military movie, it would be the boringest movie ever because it'd just be like a, at least a you know it'd just be a guy in a battleship 
hitting buttons the entire time. Sending out drones. Yeah. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Yeah, happy Memorial Day. I was just thinking that too. <laughs> we love our military servicemen. And I know that there are ground fights for you Army and Marine dudes on the ground that I'm sure are tough. Uh, you know, I've seen the Hurt Locker, so I know you're struggling. No, I really don't. But uh, but as far as a lot of the Navy stuff goes, you know, no offense to Navy guys, but that's that's a lot of what it is because, you know, for good reasons, we don't do a lot of jet fighting anymore that protects uh, American servicemen's lives. It's a, it's a good thing as far as, as that goes, but, you know, it's just not reality anymore. USA. <laughs> so uh, now on to educating Mike. I usually like to tie this in with what we're talking about today. If you've seen the title, and I don't know why you wouldn't have since you clicked on this, you'll know we're talking about the second episode of Narcos. So there is no way that I can link this to the second episode of Narcos. But I just wanted to talk about this because I discovered this movie and it's sort of amazing. It is called, I'm going to attempt the Turkish title because it's a Turkish film. Uh, Dunyaye Kurteren Adam or The Man Who Saved the World. A 1982 Turkish science fantasy film uh, also called Turkish Star Wars because of its notorious use of unauthorized footage of Star Wars and other films that they worked into the movie. So here's the plot of The Man Who Saved the World, 1982. The film follows the adventures of Murat and Ali, whose spaceships crash on a desert planet following a battle, shown by using footage from Star Wars, as well as Soviet and American space program newsreel clips so this has got to just look like a great sequence <laughs> they they somehow blended star wars with soviet and american space program newsreel clips i i have no how like how most of those have to be in black and white right mike i guess i don't know uh, while hiking across the desert they speculate that the planet is inhabited only by women i don't know why i don't know they're they're hiking across the desert with presumably no one around, and they just assume that this planet's only inhabited by women. Ali does his wolf whistle, <laughs> which he uses on attractive women. However, he blows the wrong whistle, so this isn't like a put two fingers in your mouth wolf whistle. This is an actual whistle he owns that he uses on attractive women. Does it lure them in? Is it? I mean, why? Why is it called a wolf whistle? Wolves don't whistle, whistle, as far as I know. Yeah. Is is it a Bill Cosby uh, contraption that he's got there? So it says. However, he blows the wrong whistle, and they. Hey, are, uh, yeah. Do you think uh, Bill Cosby ever, uh, you know, put the stuff in a pudding pop, like for real? <laughs> you know, I gotta think that at least on one occasion he must have. How, Just think as a joke for himself. Yeah, how could you resist? That every time he did the commercial, he'd just relive it and just uh, get all worked up. That's why he had that creepy smile on his face. <laughs> oh, However, he blows the wrong whistle, and they are attacked by skeletons on horseback. 
<laughs> which they defeat in hand-to-hand combat. So skeletons on horseback attack them. I, I guess maybe Evil Dead style. <laughs> I don't get how uh, skeletons work because there's no connective tissue. So how are they doing anything? It's I, just bones. I don't know that makes they, no sense. Yeah, I don't know how they move. I mean, Skeletor at least has you know muscles. That is true. The main villain, no name, the main villain soon shows up and captures the heroes, bringing them to his gladiatorial arena so they can fight. So this is a very original movie. The villain tells them. He is actually from Earth and is a and is a one thousand year old wizard. <laughs> this thing is bonkers. He wait, listen to this next sentence. He tried to defeat Earth, but was always repelled by a shield of concentrated human brain molecules. What does that mean? He tried to defeat the planet. Like the act, not the people of Earth, not the governments of Earth. He tried to defeat Earth itself. But he was always repelled by a shield of concentrated human brain molecules. Whoa, here we go. Which look like the Death Star from Star Wars. (laughs) The human brain molecules manifest themselves into the Death Star. The only way he can bypass this impenetrable defense is to use a human brain against it. But he's from Earth. So so, since he's a wizard, he's not human, I guess? I don't know. I don't know how wizards work. Yeah, I don't think it's a race, generally. It's like an occupation. Yeah, exactly. He just got into wizardry. If you're not born a wizard, that would just be weird. Like, you're born with, like, a beard and, like, one of those hats. (laughs) Ha ha ha. The heroes escape and hide in a cave full of refugees who already fled the villain's tyrannical rule. Well, obviously. Murat develops a romantic connection with the only woman there, so I guess they were severely wrong about that plan to be only women, because there's only one woman in this cave. Uh, who looks after the children. How are their children? Are they all her children? I, I, they'd have to be, right? Yeah. The implied romance is shown through many long eye contacts and smiles from the girl, but nothing more. (laughs) I think you need a little more than that. Zombies of the Dark Lord. Is the Dark Lord the villain? Is that the same guy? Attack. I I thought you said he didn't have a name, but whatever. Of the, uh, let's see, attack the cave and turn several of the children into zombies. Oh, God. Their blood used to renew the evil wizard's immortality. There are so many things going on in this movie. So, there are zombies who turn the children into zombies by biting them, presumably. I and, guess. And, I, I never, I, that never made any sense to me, the whole zombie thing. Me either. And then somehow, they, like, I thought zombies, they, they didn't bleed anymore. Or whatever, because you could kill him everywhere. You just had to destroy the brain. But somehow he gets blood out of this. It's almost like they meant to write vampires, but they didn't. Uh, the three then flee the cave and find a local bar. <laughs> Lifted directly from Star Wars, the most Eisley Cantina. The two men quickly get into a bar brawl. I know with who. <laughs> with some guy that says, uh, you'll be dead. 
But the, is that from Star Wars? Yeah. But uh, the but the villain suddenly appears and captures them again. So that was a waste of time. The wizard separates the men and tries to convince them to join him. He sends his queen to seduce Ali. Okay, so there's one other woman. While he orders Murat to be brought before him. He offers Murat the chance to rule over the earth and stars. <laughs> if he joins him, every star? I mean, that's... That's pretty much the entire universe. <laughs> he possesses the power of Earth's ancestry in the form of a golden brain. <laughs> what? A golden brain? <laughs> and all he needs to... Not once have I wished to have a golden brain. Seriously. And all he needs to conquer Earth is a real human brain. After Murad declines, the wizard... <laughs> it sounds so polite. Like he was just like, nah, no thanks. The wizard shows that he has the woman and child. I don't know where this child came from. Because only the three of them fled. And it said all the children were turned into zombies. But apparently she has one, one of her children that she, she rescued uh, in captivity. Enraged, Murat fights the wizard's monsters and skeleton guardians. <laughs> Meanwhile, monsters attack Ali when he is about to kiss the queen. He defeats the monsters and joins Murat's fight. They are both disabled by laser-armed guards and then unsuccessfully tortured by the wizard. How? Uh, unsuccessfully how? I mean, you either torture someone or you don't. <laughs> are they saying that he just doesn't get information from them? I don't know. Finally, the wizard pits Murat against a giant monster in the arena. Murat defeats the monster and flees, taking the woman and child with him. Ali is left in captivity. So Murat says, fuck you, and leaves. Murat finds out about a sword made by the... Th is this movie 12 hours long? <laughs> Murat finds out about a sword made by the 13th clan. No explanation of who that is. Who melted a mountain thousands of space years ago. <laughs> to make it sound sci-fi, they're space years. Murat later finds this sword shaped like a lightning bolt in a cave defended by... So so I'm, I'm going to assume they just had a cave set and they wanted to use that as much as possible. In a cave defended by two golden ninjas... Oh my god. He takes the sword after dispatching the guards in an uncharacteristically short fight. Even the person writing this review is sick of it at this point. Renewed by the sword's power, Murat goes to free his friend from the sorcerer's dungeon. However, Ali becomes envious of the sword, knocks out Murat, and takes both the sword and the golden brain. What is the... So... I, oh... What is, like, this golden brain is just a disembodied brain? I don't know. I, I would just go with it. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to figure this out. The wizard then used... <laughs> the wizard then uses trickery and deceit to make Ali hand over the artifacts. Having touched these items, the wizard now has increased powers and traps Murat, Ali, the woman, and the child. Ali is killed in a foolish attempt to escape. There's a lot of judgments going on here. Grief-stricken, Murat decides to melt down the golden sword and the golden human brain and forge them into a pair of gauntlets and boots. Equipped with magical gloves 
and super jumping boots. <laughs> he searches for the sorcerer to avenge his friend's death. After fighting numerous monsters and skeletons, he comes face to face with his nemesis and karate chops him in half. He then leaves the planet for Earth in a ship that greatly resembles the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> like greatly resembles. <laughs> like they made any change to it at all. The musical soundtrack is entirely lifted from popular movies. The main theme used is the Raiders March, composed by John Williams for the 1981 film Raiders of the Lost Ark. Other scenes incorporated the music from Moonraker, Ben-Hur, Flash Gordon, Battlestar Galactica, Planet of the Apes, Silent Running, Moses, and Disney's Black Hole. So, they stole everything they could possibly for this film. Here uh here are some reviews. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Cause. Uh he says I like this movie. No really, this is one of the most unrestrained, joyously goofy, lovingly boneheaded endeavors ever to put on film since Jerry Lewis took to the camera. Ugh. Sheer genius. There's a lot of really good reviews for this movie. Trash masterpiece. A lot of people that, you know, it's one of those so bad it's good movies. Uh, someone yeah. just says, unbelievable. <laughs> All that LSD finally made my brain melt. Oh, no. <laughs> Sounds like a, uh, a different problem there. Uh, let's see. An underrated classic. Nothing really knows, or no one, nobody really knows if this is a comedy or not. Uh, you should track down the uh, director and ask. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if he's still alive. I bet if we were to track down like uh, people of like lesser known movies, it'd be easier to get a you know a chance to talk to him. For sure. I actually did not do a celebrity diss. The biggest fan of that of that segment is my wife. <laughs> Who seems very disappointed that I haven't done one in a while. I will. Well, I don't know. She she didn't really encourage you at first. She gave you like likes and such, but uh, she they kind of dropped off. So really, in a way, it's her fault. That's true. But uh, I will get back to it after we're done with the latest recruiting uh, recruiting you know thing that we're doing recruiting push. The latest uh, completely different direction we take this podcast in. Exactly. The worst piece of rubbish I've seen to date. This movie... (laughs) This movie caused me more pain than watching the World Trade Center collapse. Oh my god. Wow, that's dark. Uh oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. So here is the parent's guide to... Dunyai Kurt, you know, the man who saved the world. The, the thing we're talking about. Sex and nudity. Mild. One very brief and mild scene of sexuality where a scantily clad character referred to as a queen tries to clumsily seduce one of the main characters. Other than that, the movie is chaste. <laughs> so I guess that's an endorsement. That's good. Uh, violence and gore. Violence equals 60%. I don't know what that means. But apparently this movie is 60% violence. 
Uh, the film is actually very cartoonish and contains various scenes that are hard to take seriously. <laughs> Characters <laughs> punch each other as well as hit each other with other objects, such as swords. A scene shows poorly designed creatures mauling children. <laughs> That's got to be the zombies. They scream, and flashes of their bloody faces are shown. But that is as violent as it gets. One child is choked to death in one of the very truly scary scenes in the film. That sounds, I mean, that actually sounds horrifying the way it's explained, but I'll bet it's hilarious the way it's filmed. I Uh, guess. Profanity. The opening credits show that the production company is called Cunt Film. With a K. God. With a K. So it sounds like a medical condition for a very crass doctor. <laughs> I'm so what's what's the diagnosis? I'm sorry, man. You you have a bad case of cunt film. <laughs> but uh, this is uh, like I said, it's spelled with a K. So I'm guessing that that's either a Turkish word or a Turkish name. That... I guess. That'd be hilarious if they uh, moved here. Oh, okay. According to Wikipedia, cunt, spelled with a K, is a Turkish surname. It means strong or durable in ancient Turkish. <laughs> so there you go. So really, it's a compliment. Strong and durable film. Why did you call me? Oh, no, I said you're strong and durable. It's an ancient Turkish word. <laughs> Alcohol, drugs, and smoking? None. Uh, it says alcohol, drugs, and smoking, uh, and cigars. Well, it just says alcohol, drugs, and cigars. So no cigarettes, I guess. Equals 0%. Frightening and intense scenes. Younger reviewers might find the mummies, zombies, and monsters scary, despite being cheaply made. <laughs> the film's bad sound makes the roaring sound scary. <laughs> a, few, a few jump scares, though they are poorly timed. Nothing about this movie works, apparently. The only genuinely scary part of this film comes early on in the movie where a child is being choked to death fairly graphically by one of the villain, villain's minions. Jeez, they keep going back to that choke to death thing. Oh, yeah. It must be pretty bad. Some may object to two sequences in the movie which veer suddenly and without warning into religious... Uh, ooh, a word I don't know. Prosalientism? Proselytizing? Is that a is that a connotation of that? Oh yeah, probably. Uh, I've heard of the t- the term proselytizing, but I've never seen it spelled. But yeah, probably it. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like P R O S L E Y T I Z I N G. I think. Yeah, that's exactly how it's spelled. Uh, for is- did you know that the word gullible is not in the dictionary? <laughs> I'm gonna look right now. Oh, you you got me. <laughs> So, uh, religious proselytism for Islam and Christianity, respectively. I wonder how that works. Well, it's uh, Turkey. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And the fact that a set-piece battle... It's a probably... I, think, I think we know who they aren't proselytizing towards those people over there. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah, the ones that actually finance films. Um... Ooh, I'm in Scientology. <laughs> uh, let's see. And the fact that a set-piece battle, I think it's a little grandiose to call anything in this movie a set-piece, uh, uses a genuine ancient Christian church as a backdrop. 
What? Apparently, somehow they were able to find uh, and film in front of an ancient Christian church in Turkey. I bet the uh, director went up to him and said, hey, trust me, I'm a cunt. (laughs) Oh, he's strong and durable. (laughs) So that is the man who saved the world by melting a golden brain and a golden sword into, I don't know, it it sounds like uh, uh, Mega Man or something like that. I think uh, Game of Thrones stole the whole Azor Azari prophecy from this movie. It sounds like it. Oh... Okay, so now we will move on to our popular segment, Keeping Current with Mike, where we go around the internet and find gossip, you know, gossip magazines, gossip uh, websites, or whatever, entertainment news, and we try to figure out what's going on, because as you can tell, Mike and I aren't truly up on the entertainment industry. Uh, Where are we going to this week, Mike? All right, well, I quickly ran out of all the gossip websites I knew of, and uh, half those I had to, like, Google anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just looked up what the most popular uh, gossip websites are. Uh, The one I first went to, I just thought it was weird, the name. The name is Wonderwall. Like, that's a terrible name for a website. Do they they exclusively talk about Oasis? Well, well, no, because I figured, like, if I search Wonderwall, I'm just going to get Oasis, and sure enough, all I got was Oasis. And this is, like, supposedly, like, the third most popular gossip website. Interesting. So I clicked the URL, and and then I remember, oh, yeah, it's, like, MSN's, like, their own brand of gossip site, but I guess they don't have it anymore, so maybe they changed the name. Maybe they realized it was a bad idea, you know, to to put Wonderwall as the name for it. What's the most popular uh, gossip website, Tub Thumping? I think it was actually that Yahoo OMG site, which oh, okay. I actually don't think exists either. Okay, great. I mean, I don't know. They get knocked down, they get up again. I, I don't really know what's exactly. up. Exactly. Well, you'll never keep them down, though. Yeah, so I couldn't find Wonderwall. And uh, so I went to one of the other ones I hadn't heard of. It's called Zimbi. I don't know how to pronounce it. Zim- Z-I-M-B-I-O. Zimbio. Zimbio. Z-I-M-B-I-O. Zimbio. Sure, never heard of yeah. it. But, uh, yeah. but what does Zimbio have to say? This seems like a weird mixture between like celebrity news and like like quizzes. Like I don't know if it's like a BuzzFeed type thing or what. Gotcha. All right, the first article ripped from the headlines. Why the Perfection is a near perfect horror film. Okay, well I've never heard of the Perfection, although I guess I mean based on the name. It'd be a dear perfect horror film. I mean, you got to be pretty good to go with that name. Yeah, that's that's some that's some tough shoes to fill. Let's see. Wait, but it says TV news, so it's on TV, so it's like automatically going to be worse because you can't like put like really gory slash really you can't really put anything super like you know um, revolutionary on TV because so tightly controlled by the advertisers. Well, apparently, it's on Netflix. Oh, it says, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. It's TV news. But I mean, still, I mean, eh, that might be, but I feel that Netflix doesn't really have like a lot of like, it seems like everything's like PG 13 ish on Netflix. Like, I've never seen, like, watch a Netflix movie and I'm like, oh my, well, actually, that's not true. Narcos kind of does have like some adult situation. Yeah. But for the most part, it seems like they're like, it's like Adam Sandler like style like movies or, you know, that type of like amount of like, oh, farts and that kind of stuff. You know, it's not ever like really gory or anything. Right. Apparently, it's a horror thriller that stars... A near-perfect one. That stars Allison Williams, uh, Logan Brown, Browning, 
and Steven Weber. So w- Wings owns Steven Weber. <laughs> oh, is that, I, I, I don't know who any of those people are. Allison Williams was in the movie Get Out. I know you haven't seen, which obviously is another horror film. Uh, but she is the daughter of former NBC news anchor and liar Brian Williams. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and I don't know who Logan Browning is. Uh, let's see. It says she's an American actress best known as starring as Samantha White in the 2017 Netflix satirical drama series, Dear White People. Never heard of it. Oh, she was also in I, I've heard of it. the movie. <laughs> so good for her. Good job. But uh, yeah, no idea what it's about, but uh, I don't know. Uh, looks like a, like from the picture, it's, it looks like it's probably like some kind of dystopia type thing. Which you know, whatever. I mean, good luck making a better one than the ones that have already been invented. Oh, apparently it was uh, originally going to be a Miramax film, <laughs> but I guess Allison Williams wasn't down to uh, party with Harvey Weinstein. So I guess she, I guess she didn't really want that movie made, did she? Oh God. Yeah. So I don't know. That that's not. I don't know. I'm probably not going to see that. No. Uh, the next one is Summer Preview, a guide to 2019 summer TV premieres of new and returning shows. I can't think of a, I don't know any show that comes, I, I can't think of a single show that's on regular TV that's coming out. That I, I, I just, I'm so out of it at this point. I'm all like streaming, you know? It's going to be a lot of The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise and uh, The Bachelor fucks or whatever. I don't know. Whatever variation on The Bachelor that they're going to make. But uh, I think Big Brother probably, too, is coming. A lot of those reality shows end up premiering in the summer. So I'm guessing that's what they're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I can't really think of any... Like, I don't even know what's... I mean, isn't that Grey's Anatomy show still on the air? Surprisingly, yes, it is. Which is, like, insane to me because I've never seen it. Maybe it's good. It just seems like a very generic, like, you know medical show yeah but then you could put like like some iteration of law and order has probably been on the air for like 30 years at this point if not more i mean so it's really i don't know it's weird yeah it's insane to me what mediocrity will do for you in the television world it's like like a safe formula you know like oh we're gonna solve a crime blah blah blah. maybe we'll advance the character development a little bit yeah maybe not Maybe some guy loading a truck will have a uh, insightful uh, quip about the uh, the, the suspect. <laughs> yeah, I saw him at uh, at that bar the other night. Wait, they said he doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Um, the next one is all things Netflix. So I guess they have like a whole Netflix category, or that's like a tag. I don't know. Yeah, it says that. when they when they see us confronts the broken reality of the American prisons. When they see us. Also yeah, it, something it, I'm not familiar with. It looks like a documentary just from the way the still is shot, but it could definitely, you know, be a be a drama type thing. I mean, I'm 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 interested in the prison system, you know, the whole like, you know, you know, what should be a crime, what should not, that sort of thing. Well I, mean, I think it's just interesting. It's a it's a web drama television miniseries uh for Netflix. It was created by uh Ava Duvernay, I said I don't know how to say her last name, but she um, she is famous for stuff. I don't know. She's done. I think she did that um, a Wrinkle in Time movie. She directed that. 
Ooh. And Selma. That's right. She she directed Selma. I think that was the big thing that uh, oh, okay. that she did. And she's a director on uh, New Gods. The, I don't know what New Gods is. It's the DC uh, thing that they're doing. But oh. um, she did Scandal, too. Scandal and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, Queen Sugar, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't really... I mean, I guess it's about the prison system. I might check it out. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, this one might be okay. But... I mean, it's from the director of Wrinkle in Time. What could go wrong? <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. The next one goes into quizzes. Which Aladdin character would be your BFF? Uh, I think that came out that came out this weekend, did it not, Aladdin? Yeah, The I guess I should have mentioned that, that the... Uh... The remake of Aladdin came out this week, guys. I didn't see it. I have no intention of seeing it. I can't wait till they do an animated remake of this, Aladdin. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, yeah, the Aladdin, who would be, who do you think, what Aladdin character do you think would be your BFF? So I don't really know, because I've seen the movie. I, I can't remember. I think my oldest daughter, like Disney movies, my youngest one basically was just all YouTube, is still all YouTube. Um, so I've seen I've seen The Lion King a bunch of times. I don't really know. I don't I'm not I don't really care that much for the Aladdin movie. It's all right. I mean, it's a lot of singing, which I'm not a big fan of. Which I mean, obviously, it's Disney movies in general. I mean, why would you just break in a song in the middle of anything? That's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I think... Although I, I only like it in Team America and uh, the South Park movie, pretty much. Yeah, I think mine would be Apu, the monkey. What about that uh, that Jasmine lady's dad? Maybe I'd hang out with him. He seems like he's kind of a cool guy. Oh yeah, the Sultan. That's a, that's a good choice. Although it'd be kind of cool if I could be friends with the tiger because I'm, I'm a big fan of tigers in general. But I mean, it seems like it's less deadly than it should be. Oh, very much so. I, think... I don't care. It's just a, a matter of time before you get a paw of the head and you're dead. Seriously, the the most tame tigers in the world still mauled Siegfried or Roy. I think it was Roy, but. It saw that he was about to have a stroke, is what I read. <laughs> so, okay, I guess so. Uh, a tiger's a tiger's natural instinct upon seeing that someone's about to have a stroke is to murder them. I guess he was trying to tap him gently. I don't know, but he's a tiger. <laughs> you don't want to live through. The- Hey, buddy. Ooh, I'm a tiger. <laughs> That's Just... even funnier. Trying to tap him gently. Hey, dude, dude, your face. Oh, no. Or he had, he had a fly in his cheek. Hey, buddy. Oh. <laughs> okay. You know, I wouldn't be shocked, though, uh, if Siegfried and Roy had dinner with their tigers and, like, they gave them wine and such. That seems like something they do. Yeah, that would probably not shock me at all, either. Uh, they're eating well, probably not now, but you know, before, yeah, yeah, I feel like they've had a falling out at this point, yeah, everything's yeah, that's that's that's, I mean, I'm I don't know, that's just like kind of crazy. There's a lot of stress to deal with. Your uh, your your friend uh, gets injured, your tiger is probably like hauled off somewhere, and then you basically are are not working ever again. That's kind of a a lot to take for Siegfried. Do you think that do you think that the tiger showed up at the hospital to apologize or just sent a card? It left a single rose at the uh, the entranceway to the uh, hospital. <laughs> With a tear in its eye. And the, and the, the, dead, the dead fly was right next to it, too, so they knew. 
Oh, man. You know, for all I've heard about Siegfried Roy, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a minute of their magic tricks. I mean, I always see, like, them, like, with a flaming hoop and there's a tiger, but that's not really magic. Yeah, I've never seen anything they've ever done. I mean, the people in the circus, like, have tigers that jump through flaming hoops. I mean, I, I thought, I mean, as far, as far as I know, they're a magic show. I, I don't really know what they do. I don't either. I, I I just knew they did stuff with tigers. Yeah, I don't know. And probably right, the next, with each other. Allegedly. The next, the next two are... Uh, Game of Thrones related, but I have to say, uh, now that Game of Thrones is over, I just couldn't care less about Game of Thrones. Like, I'm just because they're still trying to milk it. Like all the uh, Yahoo headlines, are like this theory would have been better in Game of. Th-. I'm like, I don't care. It's over. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm Game of Thrones out. You know what I think they should have changed in Game of Thrones? <laughs> I think it's funny What's that it? uh, I think it's should funny. have had a tiger uh, kill uh, Cersei at the end. <laughs> I think it's funny that Tyrion's like, "Hey, hey, uh, Bron, you're good," or um. Hey, um, that was his name, not Bon. Uh, Bran, Bran, Bran the Builder. Yeah, I thought he just immediately calls him Bran the Broken, just to be like a dick. <laughs> that's what I was gonna. Hey. That's what I was gonna say. Like he's just been holding that in for years. He's like, yeah, finally someone worse off than me. Tyrion, you're gonna be king, okay? Yeah, that's right. And uh, you're you're Bran, you're you're Bran the Broken. Aw, can I be yeah. Bran the Awesome? <laughs> Bran the Builder, like my ancestor. Nah. <laughs> Anyways, you broken ass motherfucker. <laughs> do you so think? Awesome. Do you think Tyrion did that deliberately, knowing that he basically would be the ruler? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he just knew this. I mean, he knew this guy who's like, you know, for all you know, he's having a seizure with his eyes in the back of his head half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he'll be a good king. Yeah, yeah, sure. He can't have any kids. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe when he when he has an accident or dies or whatever, you'll you'll find someone else speaking. I don't know. <laughs> maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll never die though. Maybe he can just uh, warp into whatever animal he wants to and just put warp. His <laughs> Is this Star Trek? Yeah, maybe he can maybe he can jump over the blocks and then go to the warp <laughs> zone and get to level eight. And then, and then, and then, if he when he does pass away, it's like, yeah, I know I'm a dwarf, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not fucking broken. I'm intact. <laughs> Call me Tyrion the the intact. That's what everyone else does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's an improvement. Oh, that's such a slap in the face to to uh, yeah. to a brand. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, this was 25 glorious moments from Game of Thrones. I think that's a, a little generous. 25 glorious moments. Yeah, that's... I mean, what are they considering a moment? And that's not really a knock to Game of Thrones. I mean, I can't think of any show that has 25, like, amazing, you know, moments even, or episodes. I mean, Breaking Bad's probably my favorite show of all time. I wouldn't say they, they had 25 glorious moments. Maybe, like, 10, you know, 5. That's, that's a good amount of moments. Yeah, for sure. Oh, 25. Yeah, I can't think of 25. I mean, unless you're... Like I don't know the the way they shot a sunset is a glorious moment that maybe but I, I guess know, that's a lot when uh, Tyrion threw Bran under the bus yeah exactly <laughs> yes I shall be Bran the broken Bran the broken <laughs> he could have been happier to see that Oh, poor Bran and. And the uh, next story is also Game of Thrones related. Apparently, Kit Harrington, the guy who played uh, Jon Snow, has checked himself into a uh, rehab. Aw, poor Kit for, Harrington. For exhaustion um, and alcohol. Mostly the exhaustion, I believe. Yeah. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I need a uh, team of medical professionals to help me sleep. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, maybe it's just guilt over killing his aunt. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of stress. I mean, especially, you know, after all that. I mean, I don't know, Tizero. And I mean, good for him for finding that he needs help, you know? If he does, you know, if he knows better than I do what he needs. Right. Game of Thrones is stressful for everyone, is the lesson we learned here today from Zimbio.com. That's right. I think they should reshoot the last parts of Game of Thrones so that Kit Harrington can uh, can finally rest. <laughs> uh, I love this exhausted Harrington 32. <laughs> In the picture that they use, he looks pretty exhausted. Well... Uh, but maybe it's just a, maybe his arms just tired from uh, you know every uh, bodily phrases. Jeez. Oh, poor kid Harrington. No, uh, if you're struggling with alcoholism, seek some help. I'll link. Uh, you know. Uh, and you're not going to get anything. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but just imagine that I was thoughtful enough to link uh, the the crisis hotline for alcoholism below. Just just find it on the computer, okay? That's how you found us. You have the computer. Google. Yep. And get yourself some treatment. And don't make a bad final season of Game of Thrones if you can help it. Again, I didn't think it was bad, just rushed. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. There was much, like of... much like Kit Harrington rushes to the uh, fridge every night when he gets home. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Again, only kidding. Please don't sue. Yeah. We love you. I mean, that'd be, that'd be good publicity-wise, though. Come on the show, Kit Harrington. Call in from rehab. I'm sure that's a valuable use of your time. You got one minute a week. Oh, choose to spend it with massive late fee. Don't call your loved ones. Yeah, they'll, they, it'll be easier. Just give the messages here. They can download the podcast. Bam. Exactly. Bringing it full circle. Anyone Much like Mark and I are going to be doing. Anyone that wants to uh, give messages to their loved ones can just, uh, you know, write in and we will uh, we'll deliver those messages. Yeah, or enemies. It doesn't have to all be positive over here. That's true. You can uh, threaten people's uh, lives. We do. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll provide a, uh, a good cover for you by using the word allegedly. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm done with Zimbio. Uh, it's kind of a shitty website, I think. Nice. So, yeah, certainly no... Um... It's no Bossip, but it's... nothing is. No, yeah. I think Bossip is still my favorite one. Bossip and that terrifying picture that we found last week. Oh, my God. That was horrifying. I, that was such a weird... That was such an odd way to even find that. Those tr those two will try to get on the show. Don't worry. Uh, what's his name with the horrifying photo? And the... Oh, Andy Capper. That's his name. And the, yeah, I, uh, the other dude uh, from that, the rock star, whatever his name is. I, yeah, Rockstar. I uh, I tweeted that Andy Capper guy, and he didn't respond because he's insane. And if you look at his uh, Twitter, look at his Twitter feed. It's like it's like a. I mean, you, he might be next to Kid Harrington for all I know, <laughs> for, for a different purpose. So I, I don't think they have a rehab at a insane asylum next to each other. That's a bad combo, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. So he's on some Thorazine, allegedly, or probably, or maybe. However, we want to cover that. Yeah, I'll look at, uh, maybe we'll read his Twitter feed. Well, that's that's probably a bridge too far. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's it's out there in the public. I guess we could legally read it. Yeah. But uh, maybe it's, 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 really, it's really weird. You got to look at it. We'll, uh, we'll try to get him on the show and 
have him explain his Twitter feed. That's yeah. all, all we want, sir, is for you to explain what the fuck is going on on your Twitter. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. I see one. I like that cologne. Smells very liberal. What does that mean? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Is that in support of liberals or against liberals? Is that sarcasm? How does what do what does liberal smell like? Patchouli? Maybe. Is he using it in a non-political way? I mean, he's saying you liberally put the cologne on. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Could be. Yeah. Could just be aqua velva, which probably would smell conservative, I guess. Dracar Noir. <laughs> yeah, liberal. I don't know what liberal smells like. Wheatgrass? <laughs> Wheatgrass and condemnation. <laughs> no offense, liberals. It's just most it's just a lot of you are very judgy. Take it up with Andy Capper, not us. Exactly. Oh, alright. So this week we watched episode two of Game of Thrones. As or not Game of Thrones, of Narcos. As you may realize, Game of Thrones is over. So we won't be talking about it anymore because, you know, we don't just look for clicks. We want to give you actual information. Uh, but first, real quick, as I mentioned earlier, we've got a promo for Body Count Podcast. It's a great history podcast that talks about uh, any situation where a lot of people died. <laughs> And they kind of go through the history of everything. It's very entertaining. Uh, I also work to edit the show, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, Jessica Manor and Bethany, they are uh, fantastic. So take a listen to Body Count. While you may think that history is eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not. So, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece and trivial pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someones, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. Okay, well that was Body Count Podcast, and now on with the rest of our program, uh, Narcos, Episode 2, Season 1, if you're keeping score at home. Mike, lots of... Lots of things happened in this episode. Uh, it's a very busy episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we get we follow the heroes much more in this episode, and or the you know the quote unquote good guys, and we get to know them a lot better and sort of what they're they're after. What uh, what did you think of of this episode? Um, again, it's another strong episode from the uh, good people at uh, Narcos. Um, this one, you know, we can see more of Pablo uh, Pedro, pa- Pedro Pascal, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, he just pretty much just shows up like in the last like minute or so in the first episode, and he kind of like takes the uh, I don't know names. I don't, I know Pablo Escobar and nobody else's name. Yeah, exactly. the uh, the the D aging guy we saw in the first one. He's like you know the gringo out of town guy, whereas Pop, no Pedro Pascal's character is you know he's more like you know he's not by the books as much as he is. He's much more familiar with you know the local crime scene and the street and that sort of thing. Yeah, the uh, we get a we get both in initiation into what it's like to uh, go from the United States to Colombia. Columbia, that's where we're at, right? And yeah. uh, and also how far Escobar's reach is in the fact that they're bringing their cat to Columbia with them and the guy's holding him up because he doesn't have the proper paperwork and he says, you know, how much do you want this cat? Yeah, we just realized how far like Pablo's uh, Pablo Escobar's reach is. He's basically like got his fingers in like every type of you know authority you could have in the country yeah and they uh they use this to basically make a copy of his passport and you know pablo escobar has you know him on file basically he's got all the the you know the um police officers or you know agents on file so that he knows what they look like he knows their names and can check up on them uh you know better and we see later in the episode that he has somebody sort of like raid their um their apartment that they're renting there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what they're looking for. That doesn't come up yet, but you know it's clear that that they want as much information as they humanly can get on anyone that's trying to stop what they're doing. Yeah, then we see more of the uh, that they were referred to as a terrorist group. They were a uh, Marxist group called M19. They feature heavily in the set. Yep. Yeah, and the sword of uh, Simon Bolivar. Yeah, the, the title of the episode comes from the fact that they robbed a museum and uh, were able to steal the sword, which didn't seem very well protected. No, not at all. But he's like, he's, he's like a, a known figure for, you know, freeing a lot of South America from Spanish rule. So, he, you know, they get the sword and that's part of like, you know, their propaganda, which I don't really understand uh, M19 that much because they started off as like a uh, counter, you know, revolutionary type group. There were a lot of Marxist groups in the seventies that were like kind of like popping up everywhere, and they were just the one that popped up in Colombia. Yeah, yeah, mostly as they as they say, mostly run by academics, and you know, populated with with some uh, students as well. And you know, they lived in the, the well, they didn't live in the jungle, but their their base of operations or whatever was was in the jungle and they yeah they they stole this sword which as you said seemed incredibly easy they basically just broke in the door then broke the glass were able to stand around for a minute in awe and then grab the sword and leave and they were never caught yeah then another plot of this is um uh, again i'm terrible with names uh the 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 actor louise guzman yeah he's he's one of the ochoas maybe I think so. Yes, the the ones yeah. that when in the first episode when he was talking about the ones that were like like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, the ones that were were too hard, the ones that were too soft, and the one that was just right, which was uh, uh, Pablo Escobar. He was the too yeah. hard one. 
Yeah, which is interesting because in the earlier episode, they they again, you know, when um, what's his name, the rat, not the rat man, you know, the guy, the badger, the the guy who invented the formula to to easily process cocaine. Yeah, he has the exact same argument. He's like, well, should I go to Pablo? Should I go to the Ochoas? Or I, I forget the other group. But I mean, it's like the same thing. They they all think of you know Pablo as the right guy. Mm-hmm. Like he basically they all already all know he's like the the hardest of the groups. Yep. Um, so they kidnap one of the Ocho's, uh, Ochoa's uh, daughters, um, and then uh, so they want to just send a message, you know, to the, to the narcos. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Pablo Escobar uh, starts tracking down members of M19 and killing them and hanging them up in the uh, jungle and taking pictures. Yep. And again, because Pablo like has you know eyes everywhere, he pretty easily uh, finds the uh, leader, and he uh, he's about to kill him. But they actually they had him the sword of Simon Bol- Bolivar, I think. Mm-hmm. Is it. And then so he kind of like makes a deal. He's like, "Oh, you're not, you know, he's you're not uh, you're not going to be killed, and actually, you're part of my group now." So he basically makes them work. Yeah, and pro- you know, honestly, uh, ballsy first of all to show up at his compound and his party like that and turn himself in, but also clearly the right move because he would have been hunted down and killed if uh, if he hadn't done that. And he you know gives him the sword of Simon Bolivar as prize. And he says, okay, you know, we're, I'm not going to... And he basically just says, go ahead and kill me because I'm not going to, you know, run run away from you, basically. And he says, uh, you know, oh, you know, you can leave. You're good, but you work for me now. So, so yeah. you're part of my organization at this point. Um, and yeah, the he, uh, Escobar uses the kidnapping of the this, this daughter to to basically consolidate his power even further. He calls everyone together, says that their group is going to be called death to kidnappers. And, um, and that he, you know, the first thing he's going to do is, is guarantee that she is safely returned home and that, you know, he'll hunt down and kill them, which is exactly what he does. And in doing so, he's able to basically make himself the head of this giant drug empire. He's he's definitely very clever. We see another uh, interesting side to Pablo. Uh, he's uh, he's 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 basically just pu- pu- uh, publicizing his good deeds to the community. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in a, I don't know if you ever saw New Jack uh, City when a Wesley Snipes is just like handing out turkeys and that sort of thing. It's yep. like you know he's he making himself a folk hero of sin. And he, he he meets a reporter, who, a very attractive lady, and uh, he uh, he he decides why not a Pablo Escobar? I'm gonna you know have an affair. Yep. It's kind of funny because in the process, she she makes like a, a rude comment about his wife, and he just like says, "Never disrespect my wife." And he's just suddenly like the ice cold, you know, Pablo that everyone thinks. Yeah, it's funny. It was funny to me that he says that while he's cheating on his wife. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I like that they're kind of like you know adding depth to the character. He's not just like, "Ooh, I'm the bad guy." You know, I'm running up. I mean, he's you know he's he's a very complicated figure in this, and I'm sure in real life as well. Oh, absolutely, because. You know, the things like he really did give a lot to charity and, you know, not that not that anything, not that what he did was right and not that, you know, selling drugs and murdering all these people was the right thing to do. Because, I I mean, obviously, that's, you know, morally reprehensible, uh, you know, killing the police officers and the civilians that that they did. But. In real life, which the story is obviously based on on real life events, human beings are rarely all one thing. They're rarely all good. They're rarely all bad. Most people are a mixture of 
of different sides of their personality. Some can be good, some can be bad. And he did do a lot of good things for poor people uh, in in and around where he lived in Colombia. And he truly wanted to. Like, he didn't need to. This wasn't part of, because they talk about how, how horrible or like how how hard it was to launder all this money and and Escobar doesn't understand at first um because he's basically just like well just launder it just you know make it clean make a legitimate business but when you're making you know when you're when you're the like 10th or 9th highest grossing company in the world <laughs> from yeah, your, from your drug empire it's pretty hard to make that look legitimate <laughs> It was kind of interesting, too, because if you think about it, I mean, he basically was untouchable until the Americans decided to get involved, which this is obviously the tale of. I mean, yeah. he owned pretty much – I mean, not every person in Colombia was, you know, corrupt. But, I mean, through the threats of violence and just straight-up cash exchanges, he was able to, you know, either kill or buy off his enemies. Yeah. And his political aspirations are talked about a lot in this episode. That's when he first meets the reporter as she's sort of doing a report on his good deeds, like you said – and, you know, it's made clear that he wants to springboard this into some kind of a political career, the president of Colombia or, or something like that uh, one day, because he does, he wants to make money, obviously, and he wants power, but he also wants to do good for the poor people uh, of the area, the children yeah. and, and everything. Yeah, like I don't know if it's that or he just wants to be loved or worshipped or something. He's got a, he's a very fascinating character. I mean, obviously, super reprehensible, which we also discover because um, um, pa Pedro, I'm going to say it wrong every time, pa Pedro Pascal's character uh, has an informant that he's a, he's going to give her a, a American passport in exchange for a little uh, consensual intercourse mm -hmm. and uh, by also, you know, telling on the Medellin cartel. Yep. Well, it's it's not that yet, but I'm sure it's being called that by this point. Right. So uh, that basically results in her uh, being uh, tied up and uh, abused by uh, every single one of uh, the comrades of the guy she goes, uh, you know, inform. Yeah, she she goes. She's one of the prostitutes that get called to this big party because they're having this big meeting, uh, you know, about their their organization. And I can't remember the guy's name. It's the Guzman. Gotcha, I think. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the most violent of them. Well, she she kind of slips up and is a little more forward with looking for information than she probably should be uh, as a. But she's not a trained undercover person, so I mean no. that makes sense. And you know, he kind of catches on right away that she's fishing for information. So. He, you know, orders her tied up. She's taken to this place uh, where she's probably raped. Um, you know, we they don't they they have the taste to not actually show it. Thank goodness. But she's certainly brutalized in a bed in a corner, you know, on the floor of this place with a bunch of uh, other, you know, uh, members of the cartel sort of guarding her outside. And Pedro Pascal is waiting for her to show up to the rendezvous point with the American guy and she's not, she doesn't show up. So he knows something's wrong right away. And he basically tells the American DEA agent to, you know, just wait here, uh, you know, in case she comes. And then he takes off going to, to look for her and ends up finding her. They kill all the guys 
he rescues her. Thank God she lived. Uh, she has a child as well. And, yeah, and, and when he did go and get her, uh, the American, his name's Murphy, I think. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, conspicuously not there. Mm-hmm. Which goes with other conflict with you. He kind of realizes that he's just operating, like kind of like, you know, paying on blip surface. So he doesn't really think this American guy is going to be much help. Yep. So P- Pedro Pascal's character is kind of going around doing his own thing. So at the end of the episode, uh, I can't remember if this is before or after uh, we, we go to find that the cat is uh, was just flat out killed as like a warning or a threat. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And, yeah. and he's like, you know, I, I didn't move here with my wife to just, you know, kind of stand on the sidelines. So he kind of, you know, they try to form their, forge their partnership in this, in this episode. So I assume it'll go better after that. I, I mean, he basically gives him an ultimatum. Like, you have to, you have to include me or, you know, this isn't going to work. Yeah, because he knows exactly what he did, that he just sort of left him there. And yeah, he says exact he says exactly that, you know, I, I'm part of this, I'm in this too. And yeah, I think that's that's a good scene of, you know, like you said, sort of the foundations of what their their partnership's gonna be. And yeah, I forgot about that. When the guy ransacks their apartment, the cat's hanging uh, you know, from the door, uh, basically. And yeah, that's that's you know, that's horrifying, obviously. Uh, anytime you kill a cat, uh, you know, in a show, I'm, I'm going to be sad about that. Yeah. So that's pretty much all that happens in this episode. It was another good episode. A lot of like, I mean, they, they definitely keep the uh, action, you know, mixed in pretty well with like, what's kind of a history lesson. I mean, it's a violent history, which is always more fascinating in my opinion than like, you know, a kind of boring stuffy history of like, you know, how the, um, I don't know how the, uh, national parks were formed. You know, I don't really want to about Right. Yeah, they, uh, you know, I've I've looked into a lot of the facts on the episode, and it seems like they really, one thing that I really appreciate is it seems like they have a lot of their facts, uh, you know, down. Obviously, you know, they might take some creative license with some of the individual personalities or some of the interpersonal relationships, although from everything that I've seen, that also looks pretty accurate. Uh, so that's one thing that I really appreciate about the show, too, is that it's able to you know, be entertaining and, and, you know, be kind of gripping and dramatic while still, you know, really informing you a lot about, you know, this, this time period in, uh, you know, in the world and, you know, this cartel in particular and the people that, you know, ended up bringing, uh, bringing him down. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think that, uh, that it's something that, um, you know, I think we'll definitely continue it and, and finish it, uh, you know, at, at some point. Because um, I'm really enjoying uh, Narcos. I think it's uh, it's definitely solid. Yeah, a lot of good acting throughout, which uh, my wife pointed this out, and I realized the moment I said it, that uh, when we were talking about Game of Thrones, I, I highly praise all the acting, and then I just shit on, like, a good number of the actors, like, immediately after. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I definitely, there definitely were some lesser quality performances in Game of Thrones. But so far in Narcos, it's all top notch. Yeah, I would say that everyone does a really good job with, with uh, you know, the characters that they, they've been given. And, you know, I think they've probably done some research too, since they're playing real human beings. And, you know, yeah, I, I agree. They do, they do a great job in the show. I think pretty much every aspect of, of filmmaking is is on display here and I, I just think it's a very solid show yeah very good so far looking forward to the rest of it 
So that is our show for tonight. Uh, obviously, as always, you can find us. Just look up Massive Late Fee. If you want Twitter, Massive Late Fee Twitter, you'll find it. Uh, our, our email is massivelatefee at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, on you know all the places. And tell, tell a friend about the show. Spread the word for us. Uh, if you want, if you have any uh, messages you want to leave for people who listen to the show, uh, let us know. Absolutely, we're open to that. If you want to, uh, if you want to throw us a buck on Patreon, you know we appreciate that. And uh, check out, you know, some of our sister shows on BigHeadsMedia.com. Uh, we, I'm sort of working on a website, like kind of, Mike. Um, okay. It's uh, I don't know much about how to build websites. And a lot of it requires CSS coding, which I have no idea how to do. So uh, if anyone wants to volunteer to help us design, <laughs> design the website and you know CSS coding, uh, let me know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's underway and uh, hopefully it will be available soon and we'll have some, you know, some little extras and stuff on there. But uh, that is it for us tonight. Uh, have a good week and we will see you next time. See you later.